Lee Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode Ep- 14. Hey, don't uh, step on my I'm sorry, I forget which one <laughs> we are. The campaign. The campaign. <laughs> Stuff on my line. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so this week we watched the campaign, uh, Will Ferrell movie, um, uh, or a this... Zach Galifianakis movie. Oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, <laughs> Will Ferrell and or Zach Galifianakis, movie. <laughs> whichever way you want to put it. That's right. Uh, so this is one of his uh, comedy movies. He hasn't made a lot of serious movies. <laughs> he hasn't made a lot. Stranger than fiction. Yeah. Uh, Everything must go. Sort of a. Yeah. A, Did he do anything else? It wasn't I'm sure he's probably done some more. You never know. Anchorman 2. <laughs> <laughs> the documentary Anchorman 2. <laughs> the documentary Anchorman 2. <laughs> so this one's about a political campaign. Don't know Where everything goes weird. <laughs> everything gets exaggerated. Although, as we pointed out, as over the years, it's actually become less exaggerated. Right. In many it's, regards, which is strange, but true. It's supposed to be satirical. Which I feel like we're going to talk about a lot. Yes. Um, and in light of recent events, it's looking less and, you know, exaggerated I, than you might have yeah. imagined at first. Well, I mean, everything gets more exaggerated, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, like, it's like you watch, so. sometimes you watch Simpsons reruns and they'll do, like, their exaggerated version of an action movie. And then you watch an action movie now and you're like, they predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yeah. exploding in weird ways. Any day now, I expect the, the villain in an action movie to be the common Nazis. <laughs> the common Nazis. So, I mean, that's really the truth is everything's kind of absurd. I, I, I my, my thing I always refer to is the fact that when Big Gulks came out, people were like, how much bigger are these things going to get? And now with Big Gulps, <laughs> like, a, you're, you're being reasonable if you get a Big Gulp. Yeah. Right? You're like, can I have a Big Gulp? Someone's like, is that all you want? <laughs> I can get a double gulp. Right, they're getting to the point where you could be buried in one. Yes, <laughs> Which you it's, might if you keep drinking those. <laughs> it's called a child size because it's the exact amount of material that would be if you liquefied a child. It's the volume of a child. <laughs> <laughs> and Try our eight-year-old. <laughs> so I think that's the thing that, in a way, this movie has actually moved forward. <laughs> Society has caught up with the absurdity of this movie in many regards. Yeah, and we've talked about that for um, other aspects. It's just it's very apparent in politics. <laughs> well, you right know, now. I mean, even in our Starship Troopers episode, I think that you could that, that that's not really an exaggerated version of militarism anyway. But I mean, not but like you know, our endless battles in the Middle East is kind of the same way. We there's so many people that talk about it like we must destroy them. They don't stand for we. They must all die, which is not unique or new, but it seems especially. Important at this stage of our Relevant. history. Yeah, we're really dealing with it now, as we do off and on. So Starship Troopers it became even more relevant as it went in a weird way. I don't know. I don't know if that's a, like especially evident now, or it's just we happen to be alive right now. So well, that's what I mean. It. it goes up and down, a lot of these things. I mean, politics, because you, you, you read about old politics. There's a lot of weird things that they did back oh, then sure. that were pretty exaggerated. Then they kind of get sick of it, and they kind of go down. Maybe, maybe think everything's a rise and a fall. It's just that it rises. When it rises back up, it gets farther. It builds up a lot of energy. Right. I buy into that. Everything's a cycle. But people just, we probably didn't think that we'd get to this point in no, this cycle. No. It's always faster than you expect, which is true. Yeah. That's the part. Well, it can be. So I think when things change, they can change faster than anybody really believes. Yeah. 
but they can stay static for a long time. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, things will start to seem like they're going to be that way forever until they're not. <laughs> there's no, there's really no better way to put that. No, no. I, th- I think, uh, yes, I'm glad you I praised your own <laughs> assessment. Well, I can't think of a better way to put that. Let's put well, then that. that must be the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> All society commentators, you can go home now. Scott, Scott Alvin has mastered it. QED bitches. <laughs> no, no, but I think, I think there's something to that, though. Yeah. Right. Societal change can be very sudden. Yes, but it gets more sudden as we go, to be fair. History. As we advance, I mean, for thousands of years, there wasn't much change. And then when it hits now, now it changes so quickly. It's really difficult. I mean, if you think about even stuff, I mean, something like the civil rights movement. That's a huge move from in the course of like 70 years to go. I mean, we still got tons of issues with. I hope that's not a shock to anybody to realize that. <laughs> we still got tons of issues. But the fact of the matter is that's a that's in the space of like one or two generations that that's such a different shift. Whereas you go back thousands of years, life was pretty much consistent for generations. Right. Then there'd be one big thing where it's like uh, you'd introduce a new change and it was you had plenty of time to get used to it. You know, well, that's probably related to the the um, exponential change of technology. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, so technology does kind of accrete exponentially mm-hmm. through history, and as humans, we don't see things that way, right? Right. We we look at the tra- trajectory that we're on and assume that that's going to be like a mm-hmm. constant uptick of technology, right? But it's actually moving faster, right? It's it's that question. <laughs> So it, <laughs> of like, how fast are we moving technologically and societally versus how fast are we moving evolutionarily? Which is the <laughs> right. answer is evolution's fairly s- consistent. Uh, and if you don't believe in evolution, I'm sorry, but it, but even if you don't, I mean, you still believe in cultural evolution and human evolution versus the other one is so much more fast that it can it can be. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. You know, they talk about stuff like I know, for example, in my own life, I started playing video games when they were just 2D pixels. Now I plug into a computer and I get a 3D rendered world and it's not even like necessarily that cutting edge. Yeah. And it's just a whole, I'm playing video games with somebody across the country. That was science fiction when I was a kid. That was science <laughs> fiction when I was a young adult. <laughs> and. You're going to uh, have a, a neck port soon. Right. <laughs> which you can plug yourself into. I mean, anything is possible. I mean, I, we talked about how I was, uh, was blown away by my Echo. Not that I was, <laughs> I'm not endorsing this, although Amazon, if you want to. Uh, <laughs> But the fact that I can ask it to play the Thundercats theme and I just get it immediately without having to push a button or Here, here's what we're doing. Mind blowing. Um, Google, I know you have a competing product out. Until you pay us money, we're going to keep talking about the Echo. <laughs> Cor- corporate blackmail. That'll teach them. We're pitting everybody. Effect. That's our new advertising theory. <laughs> everybody gets everybody. I'm more like, sure, I like that Arby's. Didn't you like McDonald's last week? Nah, never. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is garbage food. <laughs> it's basically uh, blackmail <laughs> for all our dozen. Blackmail. For all our dozen of listener, <laughs> listen, Narvies, we can destroy you. <laughs> our dozen of listeners, dozen of listener. who does everything we say <laughs> without question. Well, here's the thing about the arc of technology. I think yeah. it's, it's interwoven with uh, culture. 
uh, because technology tends to enable like the faster spread, a faster spread of uh, cultural. Oh moves. yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think those things are intertwined to a degree. So what you're saying is that life is a complicated series of interlocking uh, systems. Yes. I want it to be simpler than that. What I'm saying is, fuck it. <laughs> I want one thing uh, that I just think is the most important thing. <laughs> And I just want that all the time. <laughs> Why can't you just give this to me, Scott? It's a, it's a complex world. I Alex. disagree. Most important thing is to wear the right hat. Done. <laughs> <laughs> America was great. All you need to do is make it great again. Oh, boy. And all your problems will be solved. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. What's the, uh, if I can always know the right thing to do in every situation, my life would be easy. <laughs> So, so, so yeah, so a lot of things in the campaign are just bizarre. So, uh, what is your uh, best thing about the movie that you liked? Uh, the thing I like about the movie was probably what we were just talking about, where it was supposed to be this exaggerated representation of, of modern politics, and it's just meshed very well with <laughs> recent events. And it's still funny, which is good. Right. What about you? Uh, my favorite thing is I really like... I've always liked it when it works a lot of the, some of the dialogue in the Will Ferrell movies just because of the weird word choices that work. I mean, as a writer, I always, uh, Johnny Carson always had these points about how sometimes words are funny just by being existence, existing. And he talked about like, if you make a joke and you say cucamonga, it's funny. Why is cucamonga funny? And he said, it's just the word. The word is funny sounding. And so in this movie, there's tons of those little moments where they say something like, a balloon of your own toots. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time because it could say fart, it could say gas, but toots, it, toots, first of all, sounds funnier than fart. I don't know why, but it's, it's an odd word choice. It's toot, <laughs> but it also fits with the character too because he's not right. going to say farts because he's not that guy. But just the stuff like that, you know, at one point he says, yeah, uh, Cam, Will Ferrell's character is like my heart beating like a phone book in a dryer or something. <laughs> And it's kind of poetic, but kind of not. And I, and I think there's little things like that in this movie I really like. There's a lot of moments in there um, where they'll say something that kind of makes sense, but it's not quite right. Right. It's And it's the... Uh, so Cam's it, always going, you know, Cam Radio 12. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, it's so much of the personality comes from, from not just the characters saying things, but saying things in unique ways. But the other thing that they do in this movie is they say in unique ways that are related to the character. It's not just like the characters being vulgar or not being vulgar. Zach's character, uh, Marty Huggins, is not vulgar. So when he speaks, it's it's funny because he chooses these weird, non-offensive words to use. <laughs> and when Cam uses like offensive words casually without thinking about it, it's funny. Because again, it's the wrong word or it's an unusual word, but it fits with the character. And, and, and they do a lot of that. And I really like that aspect of it. And even... Even when it's not weird dialogue, a lot of the like the campaign manager, uh, I can't always forget his name, Tim Mitch. His character name was Mitch. Mitch, oh, I forget what the actor's name. Yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, and he, I think it was Dermot Mulroney, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it was not Dermot. Oh, uh, that's then the, it was the other one. Like it him. was the other one. <laughs> yes, the other Dylan one. Dylan McDermott. Yes, <laughs> Dylan McDermott. <laughs> I just became that meme, <laughs> and uh, every like you know when he's like for example where he says that about. Uh, <laughs> is when did he become part of this family? And they, she says that, he, and he's eating the Cheerios or whatever. And then he just sits and he goes like, "We're out of Applejack." <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> There's just little things like that that, and it helps that the actors are all really solid. I think the actors are really good in this movie. 
They're strong characters. Well, and there's you know, a lot of strong character moments. There's this thing in absurd humor that you can tend to people tend to think it's easy. You just be exaggerated, but the, the, that's not true. And these these actors and and Will Ferrell does that with most of his movies and Adam McKay. They pick actors that are good, good solid comedic actors who deliver these absurd lines unironically. And and if they're goofy, it's intentionally. It's not just you know. It's really easy to be like woo 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 woo, and then. But that doesn't work. You've got to make it... It's weird for a movie this exaggerated to say it's got to have a grounding of realism. But the characters do have to have that. And they have that. Yeah. It absolutely helps. Yeah. uh, And even... To to pull you into this universe. Right. Uh, This is kind of related, but I do enjoy all the uh, political catechisms that they're they're throwing around. Same thing. Yeah. Which... Cambridge 012 is one of them. (laughs) Freedom. What is it? America, Jesus, Jesus and Frida. <laughs> or uh, tons of the, the fake political speeches where they'll say meaningless things. I think my favorite is where Marty goes, the the greatest American ever born, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it's perfect. Because it just it melts into the movie at one point and you just stop noticing it. Yep. It's <laughs> such an absurd all... thing, but it's not absurd. In a, in it's, it's absurd, but it's not. That's I think that's what really picked it out for me as uh, a parody of <laughs> of modern politics. Somebody put some thought into this. I oh, yeah. spent time watching oh, campaign yeah. speeches. <laughs> well, like at the beginning where you see Cam Cam Brady. I mean, first of all, even his name is like all of Cam Brady. Mm-hmm. But his his campaigning, he talks about stuff where you know my father worked with his hands and beat all because <laughs> he's playing with that that notion. You know that these. It's a joke. I look forward to hearing how all these candidates came from nothing. <laughs> no candidate comes up and says, like, well, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Right. And, and then, but I've still worked hard. And I'm really glad I'm here, guys. But no, no, you can't do it. There's all these, catch, these, these catch-all phrases. And like that part where he's, he's talking to all the, these are the backbone of America. And it gets sillier and sillier. <laughs> Peruvian carnival operators. <laughs> Filipino carnival operators ride operators are the backbone of this country. (laughs) And yet, again, it's sort of... Well, there's a reason those are tropes. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen this on on actual television. That's right. Um, All right, so what was your worst... What was my uh, worst thing? Oh, uh, my worst thing was... And this is is not a worst thing in the sense that I I like it in the movie, but I don't like the optimism at the end of this movie. And now I know it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a funny movie. It's supposed to be good, you know. It's supposed to walk away, and I don't have a problem with the fantasy of it. And you know, politics isn't always dirty. I mean, there are good things that happen in politics. I'm just reminded of it's real easy to accidentally get walk away feeling like there's not a problem. <laughs> that like Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, not yet. Uh, it's a great movie. I usually don't like. I mean, it's super long. It's it's really just about this guy's debauchery and all this weird stuff he does. The reason that movie's really interesting is some people didn't like it. Many people didn't like it because they were like, well, he doesn't, he doesn't really get any comeuppance. And, of course, that's the point of the movie is, is number one, it's based on a real person. So you can't make a, oh, and then he went to jail for real. <laughs> it's like the, the, it's a really a commentary on the fact that as much as he – and this film makes you realize he's kind of a despicable person, it doesn't matter because this is what we love. This is a judgment about – He's still going to be doing this. He's still going to be adored. Everything that makes this person questionable and unlike and, and dangerous to his society, even, is what makes him 
let's love him. And the movie ends with a really strong commentary on that without really saying it. But a lot of people were really put, turned off by that. Now, yeah. I think it's really important for Wolf of Wall Street because it's, well, it's nonfiction. So anyway, it's got to do it that way. But I'm like, I don't want the campaign to end like that, but I feel like it should have ended like that. Well, they never directly address any of the underlying issues that they're, right. that they're talking about. Right. Um, I think that's really, they picked that out in the, like the first debate that they have. Yeah. <laughs> where they get a question about jobs. Yeah. And Cam Brady starts talking and he says nothing about creating any jobs yeah. or how they're going to get jobs. It's just a, a stream of nonsense. Yeah. And then Marty replies with the same stream of nonsense. Different... And that's when everybody is taken aback and they're like, oh, this guy's a serious contender. Right, because he knows how to say nothing. But nobody ever, <laughs> right. No, he knows how to bullshit now. Yeah. But nobody ever addresses any real issue in this right. movie. <laughs> I guess to me that maybe the happy ending for this movie would be they both get out of politics. <laughs> They don't, but they don't, and they get into it. And again, that's not—it's not fair because this movie—I like the the movie's optimistic, but I do. I guess I'm just not—I'm a little cynical. <laughs> I think it's kind of like—I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, but I think it's that same kind of ending where Marty made it in politics. Spoiler, <laughs> um, but nothing's really changed. Well, yeah, but the movie kind of makes it seems like the bad guys get caught and all that kind of stuff. It's very contrived. So it's, it's not like I, you don't really, I don't think you should really take it as a super optimistic ending. It's just a nice ending. Um, so it's very loosely, but, and I think it makes sense within the context of the movie. But if I was just going to pick, that's my thing. I'm allowed to pick what I want. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> don't fine. judge me. Touchy. <laughs> What's your worst thing? Oh, uh, the second act was kind of a mess. <laughs> so uh, they get to the point uh, in the movie where they have to, Cam essentially has to have like a, a moment of truth. Yeah. <laughs> And they, the way they get to it is just kind of a bunch of sudden transitions right? between, um, like, certain campaign commercials. And I, I mean, we'll get to it yeah. after the break. Yeah. It, it felt a little stilted. <laughs> we probably could have done that a little more smoothly. And, yeah, I the ending is just, <laughs> it's not spectacular. It's nice, but... I, I don't know if you can expect that much from... Yeah, it's, it's unfair. I do think it's unfair. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm I not sure I want to watch a movie and think, well, everything sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> that's not why I wouldn't necessarily watch this movie. So I don't... I, it's hard for me to, <laughs> to no, hold it against this movie. I'll stop, I'll stop grilling you about it. <laughs> but it, it, look, it's just a complex emotions I'm wrestling with as a human being who's politically aware in thoughts. any form. I think... Any any political awareness, whether the, whether, regardless of where you sit on the spectrum, is probably hopefully going to lead to complex thoughts. If it doesn't, you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Uh, yeah. Certainty. I'd love to be able to tune out. Well, or, or sometimes I know people that are certain about something, and not just politics, just about things in general. Sometimes I'm like, man, you know, that's, that's not really that easy, but it would be nice to believe that. You know, it'd be nice yeah. to be, this is the best TV show it's ever made. And no one's going to make a better TV show. And then someone's like, oh, I don't really like it that much. No, you're wrong. It's the best. And they're like, well, here's some good things about it. Here's the thing that I liked it, but I didn't like this part. No, it's the best. And sometimes I feel like that would be nice to have that, which, you know, we all have things we really like. But I just noticed, I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe everything sucks and I just don't realize it. It's, it's part of a tribal definition. Right. Right. Yeah. What kind of things you like and don't like. Yeah. Um. So it's... I mean, people who aren't willing to, to explore beyond that, it's a very dogmatic kind of... Right. Well, dogma is more than religion. It's just everywhere all the time, and it's really easy to do that. And I find that I just have a harder time doing 
wrestling. I, I have a hard time with that, wrestling with that. Mm, sometimes I can't watch the news. Like, I'll stop keeping up with the news because it's too depressing. Sometimes I can't even watch, like, uh, I'll watch a video and someone's talking about, like, 50 movies that suck. And then I'll even be like, yeah, the movie kind of sucked, but it didn't suck that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I can't do that. you got to tell me why you don't like the movie. Don't just tell me it sucked because that means nothing to me. Yeah, or, that's, that's a pretty weak argument. <laughs> yeah, or even like sometimes, I mean, the reason we started this podcast was I get really tired of people just saying, oh, it's a terrible movie. Well, why is it terrible? And so, yeah, we overthink these movies sometimes, but <laughs> I think that's good and I think it's important. And and I think sometimes a lot, well, almost every, every movie we've talked about, I think is unfairly maligned or forgotten because people just make assumptions really quickly. And I think even when it comes to so many things in life, it's really easy to do that. And we see it all the time. People are like, oh, I, I hate Will Ferrell. I'm like, well, I get that. I mean, if you're not really big of a kind of shtick. But they're even to the point where it's just like, if he shows up, I hate it. It's like, oh, come on, relax a little bit. <laughs> he showed up in the back of that scene, and I hate the movie now. <laughs> all right. That's kind of that's part of the reason I wanted to do this movie is because Will Ferrell is not the same character you see in a lot of his movies. Yeah. He's actually, it, in a lot of movies, he's playing this kind of overconfident a uh, guy who doesn't quite get it, which he is in this movie, but it fits so well with the story, right? That it's not as jarring as it normally is, right? Um, so there you have it, your life philosophy from Ailey Martinez. There you go. Think about it. The older you get, <laughs> meditate. The on more it. confusing everything gets, till you waddle blindly into the grave, uncertain of all things. <laughs> really, the more you learn, the more questions you have. Well, that is true. So just. Try not to learn things. <laughs> Bad for your health. <laughs> Don't, that's our moral. We're going to do a schoolhouse rock. <laughs> cover your ears, kids. Cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come so. on, everybody. Let's blame the Chinese. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a spoiler break here. All right. Spoilers. Incoming. Uh, go watch the movie if you want to. Which way do you recommend? It was funny. It was funny than I, I remembered. I remember I liked it, but I was, it was funny than I remembered. Even if you're not into that kind of humor, well, you're probably not like probably won't like it if you're not <laughs> a fan of funny things. But you can listen to us still talk about it and, and deeper things. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not going to just repeat the jokes at you. So I don't know where I'm going. There you go. Spoiler break. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> A fight. I've seen a mustache like that before, and you know who wore it? Saddam Hussein. And I believe we never caught two of his sons, Uday and Falafel. Ah. Okay. We're back. All right. So this time, let's try to remember to do the wheel of metaphor. Okay. In which we spin a wheel to learn the lesson that we take away from this movie. <laughs> What this movie really stands for. What the campaign really meant. Oh, yes. <laughs> Double down from KFC. <laughs> I, you know what? That fits. You know what that fits? <laughs> we were just literally talking about how you cannot exaggerate society. <laughs> the double down was like, you did that five years earlier. The double down represents it's the ridiculous. absurdity of life. But here's the thing but that's fascinating real. about the double down. You ready? Okay. There were other sandwiches that actually, that like health experts recommend you eat besides the double down. I mean, before, that you would eat the double down before those because 
a Whopper was apparently, I'm not going to say this for exactly which one, so don't quote me exactly. Like, regular sandwiches were worse for you than the Double Down was. <laughs> so yeah, the even not. exaggerated weird thing was it's better for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, now you can get, like, a sandwich that is two grilled cheeses with yes. a turkey in the middle. <laughs> a fried turkey. Yeah. And, like, a slab of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is not... You get everything you exaggerate. It's called the Big Gulf. I mean, that's really what this movie is. The movie is the confusing and terrifying march of time. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is doubling down on America. <laughs> this is. I mean, isn't it, when the double down came out? Didn't people talk about how ridiculous it was? It was like that's only a sandwich only Americans could make. <laughs> yeah, now it is a fact of life. <laughs> that's right. Oh. You can still go to KFC and get the double down. Get the double down, which is better than some of the time. And I may. <laughs> I'm on Atkins. <laughs> and then, I'm not really on Atkins. That's <laughs> fine. My main problem with Atkins is well, that I, I understood the idea, but like Atkins, I'm like, that's fine. But it seems weird that it's, it's like, man, I just cannot control my eating habits. So maybe if I... The best way to do it is just to make sure I hurt a lot of animals, more animals than I did. <laughs> Bread? Screw that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it makes sense. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but. <laughs> it was very extreme. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like any other extreme diet. You can end up with, like, basically a form of malnutrition. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> like, I get nervous. Someone tells me, it's like, you can eat as much as you want and you still lose weight. I'd be like, that sounds bad <laughs> you can use as much broccoli as you want <laughs> still lose weight <laughs> right but it doesn't sound like a good deal someone's like oh you eat and you don't feel bad and you get <laughs> isn't like a voodoo curse i mean it's like what do you do what you do is you eat this thing and you sleep for 48 hours and then you, and just, you get muscle tone you spit on an old voodoo <laughs> <laughs> it's like voodoo and then she curses you to lose weight until you die until you die <laughs> the double down curse. <laughs> so before we get into the movie, I think we should ask our new aspect too is we want to mention why we think the movie's underrated, right? Uh, I thought we talked about did that we talk before about that? the spoiler break. I'll get it. I think the thing we do after is okay. Um, how did Hollywood try to kill this movie? Oh, okay. Well, I don't think Hollywood tried to kill this movie. Yeah. I think it was just. I threw that in there in the last couple of movies we watched have been they, they just they haven't been I don't think with. they were yeah they're not like uh released at a bad time or thrown around as far as yeah. I know there's some deleting deleted scenes in there but it's just normal editing yeah so yeah they're not like oh this this makes the whole movie <laughs> yeah watching Zach Galifianakis <laughs> jump out of a boat there's Talk actually some it. we didn't get to that I've seen before um where they talked more about like the Chinese people they were importing to work at these factories oh, okay. <laughs> They didn't add much. So no, they, okay. I think that was not yeah. a bad edit. Well, you know, it's tough because you got to know. I mean, that's why we, we have the fighting words about Anchorman 2 coming up. But that's why Anchorman <laughs> 2 to me is not a very good movie because it goes on too long. And it it's like, I know what they do. They throw everything against the wall and then they just keep what sticks. <laughs> but in that case, I don't think they knew what stuck. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think Anchorman 2 is a rare sequel in that vein that worked. Because <laughs> usually, I agree, they they take some movie and they make a sequel to it, and it's just everything that was in the first movie, but yeah. 
that turned up a notch. Yeah. Which is usually a terrible idea. <laughs> but I really enjoyed Aquaman 2 um, because it was it felt more like a tribute to the first one. Than, <laughs> if you say so, I don't know. That's that's a pretty weak argument, but whatever. I'll put it on the list. I'll make you watch it. Again. Oh, boy, don't do that. <laughs> we might have our first movie where it's just, it'll just be, he's Scott. <laughs> and he's Lee. <laughs> you did the right. Well, because you're doing the one. It's you doing me. You're pretending to be me. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's a very complex joke. I couldn't get you to do it. So <laughs> I'm not there. So you're doing it on your own. I'm and not pretending I'm oh, there. Oh, okay. You're pretending I'm there. Like a sock puppet. Yeah, you'd be like, that's right, Scott. <laughs> that was a journey. <laughs> complicated joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got there eventually, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I made sense for me just because you couldn't follow it. Sure, <laughs> it's the kind of intellect that I expect for somebody who likes Anchorman too. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up on the movie. I don't need to justify myself to you. You don't. You don't. <laughs> so we open up on the movie. And Do you like Anchorman too? Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, I still like wherever you, you do that. You do. <laughs> I actually don't hate Anchorman too. I just think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they open up with the you know what's it all about? Cam Cam and his campaign manager, and he's like, "What's it all? What is it about? It's freedom, Amer- America, Jesus, and freedom." And he's like, "What is that? What does that mean?" I got no idea, but they go shit ape shit when I say it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which sets the whole tone of. Of who Cam is, he's he's the face. He's no substance. He just knows how to work the crowd. Yeah, he's a talking haircut. Yeah, he's a talking haircut. So they take him out to make a speech, and then they bring out his like picture perfect family, right? And he gives his nonsense speech that's full of like <laughs> just nothing. It's nothing. It's it's emptiness. Right. It's zero substance. And right. It's uh, really good. Sets the stage very quickly. Right. Which so again, I think the movie's well paced. Yes. They, they get a lot of, in uh, 90 minutes or right. whatever it was. Yeah, well, that's established. I mean, that's actually one of those cases that's not that's not exaggerated anyway. It's just in the movie, you're, you're really... You get the back, the like, yeah. behind the stage scene. Yeah. <laughs> so you find out about it. Like they don't believe in what they're yeah, pitching. Then it's more about just... There's this thing, and uh, not just in politics, but in, in so many ideas, which is don't really pitch something. Pitch an idea that's very vague. An idea that's solid, people will have to think about, or not just think about, but they someone will take a contrary position to it no matter what. I mean, every right. every idea you say, someone's going to take a contrary position to eventually. Yeah, that's what Fahrenheit 451, that's the whole reason they eventually got rid of all books, because the line he says is, don't give people more than one idea to think about. And then finally <laughs> he goes, and after a while you realize, don't give them an idea. And and that's the whole point of the whole thing and that. and. So many political I mean, that's speeches, basically just politics. right? So many political speeches are just empty because they don't mean anything. I mean, who's going to be like, eh, freedom? Oh, I'm not against that. What am I going to boo? <laughs> right. The vaguer you leave it, the easier it is for somebody to insert their own prejudices right. into the, your speech, their own ideas and ideals. Their cipher, your your speech is a cipher. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like even in fiction, there's characters that are specifically. Know, like uh, that are specifically so blank because then the author, the reader, can put themselves in there. Um, Harry Potter's like that in the first couple of books before he finally develops. But in the first couple of books, he's just he's a hmm. nice kid. 
Yeah. He's a nice kid. Like, Hermione's got a personality, and Ron's got a personality. All the teachers have personality. Harry's, Harry's like a palimpsest. He's a nice kid. That you can just insert yourself. Right. You're like, I'm a nice kid. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. And now Harry gets, as he evolves, he gets, as the stories evolve, naturally he becomes more developed. Right. And, and it's not a terrible, he's not a terrible cipher. But like even in um, the Twilight series, that's the same thing. Bella is, is a cipher. She doesn't really have much of a personality. And that's not a weakness. That's intentionally or unintentionally there. So her strength. So a politician could do that too, where a politician is very much a cipher. And that's, you're right. Like you said, you said that phrase, walking haircut. <laughs> that's who this guy is. And even the joke, like, don't touch my hair. Like if that's the source of his power. Oh, yeah. Image is everything to, mm-hmm. to Cam Brady, definitely. And it, it points to Galifianakis. Yeah, because he starts becoming more of a politician. Marty, yeah. Uh, so then they go to uh, Cam's giving speeches to a bunch of different people, and this yeah. is the part where he keeps ending his speech to the audience that he's given. That's it right. To. The so backbone of America. Teachers are the backbone of America. Yeah. <laughs> Filipino. Auto workers are the right backbone right. of America. <laughs> they get to. They get to the Filipino carnival ride workers, and they're all looking. At they're all okay. Them. They don't. They're, they're, most of them are like. Uh. <laughs> So yeah, so it sets his character and his goal, and you realize that you know he's running unopposed, and and the Mach brothers, who are <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow. Yeah, I'm not sure who's that supposed to represent. They're probably supposed to be the Koch brothers. I was just kidding. Yeah, I figured. Before they really took off, was this before, <laughs> before they, they took, took off? off? Well, because they they took really big. They were really took a lot of pains to hide themselves for a long. Oh time. yeah, I mean they were active in politics. Yeah, but it, yeah. There was a period where people didn't know who they were. Yeah. Well, and they even like you know, even when people knew who they were, they didn't know they didn't really wouldn't recognize them stuff, and now they slowly right. became more recognizable. They realized they need a new guy. Well, so Cam has this scandal where he calls somebody's answering machine on accident, um, and he's talking to his mistress. Basically. Yeah, well, he calls the answering machine, and he's he's talking about like big sex in a tennis with his mistress and. <laughs> And I love that he ended his message with Camp Radio 12. Because <laughs> well, he doesn't just do it. Because he's so keyed into that. He's so wired to do that. Yeah, the joke. Because it's, it's even like he's like Senator Camp Brady here. Like if you're calling your... <laughs> I had a, a girlfriend I was dating for a while. And, and one time she got, a, she got a call from her father. And he was like, this is... I'm going to not use her real name, of course. But it was like, this is John Smith, your father. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought it was really funny because I was like, she probably remember. She might not have spent a lot of time with you, but she probably remembers who you were. But he even followed it in. So I was like, this is Senator Congressman Cam Brady. He keeps saying, oh, Cam Brady. <laughs> I love the joke. He follows it up with, what, like, you're trying to reframe it. Like, he's like, I paid hundreds of thousands of phone calls. <laughs> Maybe 1% have been inappropriate. <laughs> I like those odds. You know what? That actually put me over. I was like, oh, he's got a point. You probably get yourself. A... But I was like, he's like, and I'd like to know why those people have an answering machine <laughs> in this day and age. Why are they denied modern technology? Uh, so that's the point where the Mach Brothers see that. Yeah, they need a new like, guy. Oh, okay, we got to replace this guy. <laughs> so they call in Marty Huggins. And now we're introduced to uh, Zach Galifianakis' character, who is a tour guide in this town. That nobody goes to. Uh, And he's just a, he's this repressed, like, kind of obnoxiously nice guy. Right, right. (laughs) He's he's 
He's no image. That's the exact opposite, really. Right. Because he's just like this little... Even the way he... You know, again, you talk about body language. The way he carries himself is so... Like, is amusing to me so often in this movie. <laughs> where he's just walking. There's that line. is like, how, how sales the candles and such? Such is going great. Can't move the candles. Yes, you can. <laughs> Can't is the real C word. Right away. In That's that, fantastic. Like... In, like one minute, you know all you need to know about this guy. <laughs> so this is this is kind of an unusual role for Galifianakis because he's not usually like the nice bumbling guy. I don't think uh, this is probably closer to the, maybe the first time he did it. He did it recently in um, Keeping Up with the Joneses, uh, mm, which is I that, that it was good. It's good. He I doesn't guess. play. He doesn't play in that movie. He doesn't play like a bumbler. He plays a guy who's uh, personnel relations. I cannot, I cannot remember this job. It's the guy who's who's in charge of employees and keeping the employees happy and, and, and human resources. Human resources, something like that. Yeah, uh, and the the actually the theme in the movie is that he's really good at like yeah he's kind of a he annoys people but he's also really connects to people and, and talks to them a lot. And there's a joke at one point in that movie where secretly in, they're undercover him and his wife and there's a guy he's talking to and he's just like don't I know you. <laughs> And at one point, the, the spies who are listening are like, why is he doing that? And the other spies like, he just he can't help it. It's who he does. It's what he does. <laughs> and I like that because it's, it's that it's his Achilles heel is his weakness is his strength. But in this one, he's he's a much goofier character. But this is a much goofier movie. As much as, sure. as, much as the movie about spies living next door to people and they becoming sort of spies is goofy, it's not as goofy as the campaign is. <laughs> I guess I was thinking of the Vegas movie, and um, I've seen some yeah, yeah. of his comedy, yeah. which is usually pretty uh, aggressively <laughs> kind of prickish. <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't know how else to describe. Sometimes it. I'm doing something, and I think to myself, "This is so Raven." <laughs> <laughs> That's a Zachanakis joke. <laughs> and then other times I'm doing something, and I'm just like, "This is a very Raven." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this is this is probably the first time. I mean, he's still playing sort of a clueless guy. I don't know. It's it's kind of similar to his role in The Hangover. The difference yeah, in Hangover I is he was so. a destructive personality. Yeah, he was a little crazier. <laughs> right. This one, he's not crazy. He's just kind of boring. Right. He's a boring, nice guy. <laughs> he's more of a foil in The yeah. Hangover. Well, he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He gets the message that his dad. Well, by the way, forget. Uh, did we look at the actor who, the, who, who's in his tourism office with him? Oh, uh, yeah. Because that guy's, uh, I think, recently was very popular in a show. I haven't seen Silicon Valley, but of yeah, course, he's in a... me being unfamiliar with such a shows like that. Instead, we'll talk about a great show that he is on on uh, Disney XD, where he was the voice <laughs> of the main character called Pen Zero, part time hero. Which involved a a young man and his two friends who are basically multi-dimensional villain heroes for when things go wrong in other dimensions. But the genius of the show isn't that. That's great. It's a great premise. But I mean, they go into crazy alternate dimensions. One dimension is full of of uh, balls, like intelligent beach balls and sporting good balls. And they have to help the the balls. There's another one that's serial mascot world. And there's the milkman who's trying to make everybody soggy. <laughs> there's another one where 
It's like uh, a monster. Yeah, and there's another one that's like alien. Oh, and it's like, and it's not. By the way, it's not just like they're serial mascots. They really are. Like they'll say things like, "I've got crunch power," and he'll <laughs> pop onto them. Like one of the characters becomes this kale flakes cereal mascot and he gets to eat some kale and he goes kale gives you superpowers and superpowers appears and then there's a little asterisk and then it says at the bottom kale does not give you superpowers <laughs> that's great and uh and there's also a bad guy who's named rippin who's the part-time villain in in our world is his gym teacher but in the in the alternate universe he's like whatever villain they needs him to be it played, uh, voiced by Alfred Molina. Great, great role, great character. <laughs> and, uh, one of the, one of my favorite universes that was like, they got to like in a Jekyll and Hyde universe. Penn and Ripon are the same person, just in evil and good form. Like when he transforms, he transforms into Ripon. And when he's back, he's back to Penn. <laughs> and it's got, but it's got great, like, I don't know if it got renewed. It's a crime if it didn't, because it was a, it was a brilliant show that like played with, the, the whole format in just amazing ways and hmm. uh, so i will always endorse that show and if you even if it didn't get renewed i highly recommend it sounds like a fun kid show it's really smart it was really really creative i mean just little things they do like when they were in the victorian universe of the jekyll and hyde <laughs> like they're trying to sneak into a place and so they're victorian so they don't have so instead they have monkeys perched on the walls instead of security cameras and they just draw pictures <laughs> And then they shove them in these tubes. And like, so, like, literally a monkey's like, draws a picture of them sneaking in, draws it in a tube, and another um, another monkey looks at the picture and immediately starts blowing a whistle. <laughs> stuff like that. Just weird stuff. I mean, it just really was really, really smart. And every episode, we had two episodes, and they do this completely different universes. So I'm just going to mention that. I'm done. Okay, go on. I do I've like heard a good absurd show. It's very absurd, but really smart. And I'm sure Silicon Valley is very good, too. <laughs> The guy's name is uh, Thomas Middleditch, by the way. There you go. Yeah, he's just got a bit part in this. Yeah, he's just, this is before going. before that. Then we he gets the call from his dad. Marty gets the call from his dad. He's going to visit his dad. His dad's yeah. going to fill him in on the campaign. Right. His dad played by... Did we look up his dad's play? Because he was uh, the guy from uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. He's great in this like he's great in everything. <laughs> I love his irritation with his, with his son. Brian Cox. Uh, Brian Cox, yeah. And uh, he's great in this movie like he is in everything. <laughs> Their seat on the boat, I just like it. <laughs> he's talking like, This is the part where I just, I just love the, the, the... Did you like that calendar I gave you with the animals <laughs> dressed as human clothes? <laughs> this part, I wonder if uh, Galifianakis riffed that. <laughs> it sounds... It's... <laughs> Because it sounds like something I would see somebody actually saying. <laughs> you see the one with the giraffes and the high heels? <laughs> That's just, who's crazy who thinks of this? I mean, a giraffe is already so tall. <laughs> Zach, uh, Marty's lines in this are, are great. Right. <laughs> He's really... <laughs> He's just doing this, like character-appropriate guy, yeah. <laughs> we find at this point that uh, Marty's had kind of a, a rough childhood. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, uh, I love the housekeeper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That joke. I love she that comes joke. To the, so uh, she comes to the door and she's going, "Lordy." Yeah, she's doing very much like an Auntie Mamie Southern Southern yeah. maid thing. <laughs> and it's funny because he's like an Asian lady. <laughs> and then when he when Marty's like, "Is he still making you do that voice?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she starts talking like a normal, like an normal voice. Says it reminds him of the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he's like, oh, your son's here. And he's like, what? She's like, oh, uh, oh, Lord of Like, oh, my God. It's so funny. She's really good. I like, I really like that she, she, she sells her part really well. Indeed. Um, so Marty gets, uh, <laughs> finds out he's going to run for congressman. Yes. Um, and then he shows up at the, so Cam is normally unopposed. And he shows right. up at, uh, Cam's, um, signing, official signing on the, on the, the poll, basically, as a candidate. Council. Yeah. Or with the county or whatever yeah. it is. And hands him his paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is the first scene where he has trouble with the door. <laughs> the recurring joke about him having trouble with doors. <laughs> where something, like, something will happen, something kind of dramatic, maybe. Yeah. And he'll go try to open the door and he can't do it for about a minute. <laughs> I thought it was locked. <laughs> You know, it's interesting because, you know, not everyone's going to agree, but I really like those those jokes in this movie because I think of the, they're directed well and the acting is, I mean, he sells it. He sells it to me. Yes. The, and then all the people around him sell it. You know, even like the part where it's like Cam's yelling at him, just push. <laughs> and then Jason Sudeikis, you know, as the campaigners, they're all yelling, just push, push. And <laughs> I think they nicely boxed the couple of moments in this movie that could have been serious. <laughs> <laughs> Or like where they're having to further the story, right? <laughs> or do something dramatic, and they're like, "Okay, we'll just yeah." There's <laughs> a good point to drop in <laughs> a, a door <laughs> fail, <laughs> and then uh, when they, and then that part with uh, Cam talking to his wife at the dinner table, <laughs> and I love this joke because it's they're getting kind of angry or whatever. They're gonna, <laughs> the wife's like. Put in your headphones, kids. We're going to use TV mature words. Language. And they put it in. And you, man, you get to hear what the kids are listening to, which is just asses and titties, asses and titties, just over and over again. I really really like the uh, actress who played uh, Cam's wife. Uh, <laughs> She's excellent in this. And as, you uh, looked her up right uh, Yeah, Catherine Lanasa. Yeah. She's excellent as like this... Like she's like Cam, politicians, right? Wife. She's like Cam. That's why it's perfect because she doesn't care that she cheats on him. Right. I mean, he cheats. Was it? I love the joke too, where he's like, she's like your mistress with a nine-year-old, and he's like, she's got a kid. And I love the idea that the, that she knows more about his mistresses than he does because he's such an, an idiot. And when she's like, I'm going to be, I will not be, I'm going to be second lady, which I've never even heard that phrase before, but I love it. I love it. It's, there's somebody there. You know, somebody said that seriously. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> Joe Biden's wife. <laughs> oh my but yeah, she's basically activities. part of the campaign team. <laughs> yeah, which you would have to be a lot of times in that position, right? I mean, the wife or the spouse. I mean, let's be honest. You know, women can be politicians now too. What? And the spouse, I mean, that's a lot of pressure they've got. That sounds like toys. That sounds. <laughs> well, we have women I doctors. Don't <laughs> <laughs> and there's that part. And then they cut to the other, the parallel of the dinner scene <laughs> with Marty and his family. Yeah. <laughs> the first part of this movie is so strong. <laughs> it is because it's just joke after joke. After well, joke. and and it's done well because like, it's nice, the nice parallel between the two families. They're still funny. But they're different, and that's his cool. Like he's like, now kids, I'm going to be a politician, so we need to get this out in the open. Kids <laughs> like, I took the Lord's name in vain, and I love, I love Zach Galifianakis's like straining not to get angry because he doesn't really get very angry looking. But you can just tell he's just like, okay, I told myself I want to get angry. 
Right, he's like Beaver Cleaver's dad. Yeah. And it kind of devolves from there. Well, it get weirder and weirder. <laughs> I had a goat lick my, my penis. <laughs> now, honey, they're just being honest. <laughs> and then when she finally admits, so, so I touch myself to Drew Carey from the Prices. Hey, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> but I just like his slightly perturbed, like, he's like, I'm not going to get angry. <laughs> I wonder if people have not watched the movie hear uh, Goat Lick My Penis and they're more or less likely to go find it. It's a child goofing around. Whatever, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's got a lot of body humor. It fits in context. That's right. This would have been a lesser movie without (laughs) the goat penis joke. So he goes to that like hospitality luncheon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where he gives this. This is another great Marty moment where he gives the speech. About his and dog. He's talking about his dog. There's no like follow up to it. It's just a dumb story. It's like tell a great story. It just shows that he's not prepared at all for what right. he's trying to take on. Is the kind of man who would like giraffe in a high heels. <laughs> My dogs. Stop that barking. And that's every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've had these, by the way, we've all had you've, those moments, you've heard right? This story. <laughs> we've all had those moments where you're talking to us. Okay, like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. As a writer who's considered humorous, <laughs> people like to tell me funny stories. You don't say. <laughs> and sometimes they're funny. I'll, I'll say that. Sometimes I just kind of be like, oh, okay, that's nice. I don't know what to do with that. And um, they're not they're usually better than this story, hopefully. <laughs> but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, okay. I've, I've, that felt very real to me. <laughs> the same way the joke about like giraffe and high heels. I'm like, uh, I've, I've known people that are like <laughs> a little too close to home. <laughs> sometimes I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in a terrible way, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm a more sophisticated. Maybe I'm too jaded to enjoy giraffe and high heels humor. Yeah. Do you hear that? Lee thinks he's better than you. <laughs> I'm funnier than you, damn it. I'm a professional. You prick. <laughs> Fame's gone to your head. Uh, so pseudo fame has gone to my head. <laughs> I'll have you know, I did a book signing and three people showed up. It's a record. Uh, la and so, And then when uh, Cam basically sets him up and does the the, the assassination show. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I give credit because Marty's not aggressive, but he's not an idiot in that. He knows right away he's been torpedoed. Right. And he looks over at Cam and Cam's like, welcome to the fucking show. And it's just <laughs> like. a great line. Yeah, which is great because it's uh, like, it's that, it's that moment of congratulations, you really earned this now. <laughs> but it's also sort of a moment of transition for, Cam, for uh, Marty because Marty now knows this is how it works. And right. so when he's vulnerable, he goes back to his car and <laughs> the random guy comes up and says, get some American dogs, you oh, yeah, commie. That's right, because he's got the Chinese dog. <laughs> Which is fantastic, because that that's too real. <laughs> that is, right? I mean, it's so often where you're like, that's not really that relevant. <laughs> I do like that he um, he's not, like, he gets what's happening. <laughs> 
Because that would have been that would have taken this movie into the realm of like just pure goofiness. Right. And also he's gotta get it because he's gotta be part of a participant. Otherwise it would have just been boring. It would have just been one clueless guy getting attacked. Which happens a right. lot in some some of these clues. Some of these movies like one of the things that I have to give I think that Will Ferrell does in his movies and Adam McKay is they understand the the humor and cluelessness, but they also understand that the characters should somehow be invested in the story. Like as clueless as Ron Burgundy is as a character, he's not <laughs> clueless about everything. Right. And then some of his cluelessness actually fits with his universe anyway, because it's such a surreal universe. And uh, Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights again is a goofball, <laughs> but he's not an idiot in the sense that he's not. He knows what's happening in his world. Right. They're very exaggerated characters, but they're. Consistent right. characters. Because otherwise, I mean, this would just be a movie of poor, poor Marty Huggins getting getting taunted, and, <laughs> and that would that'd be mean spirited after a while. I mean, there's movies like that out there. Yeah, <laughs> but not on this podcast. Not on this one. <laughs> and and it, it's for somebody's top ten movies that sucked last. <laughs> and the <laughs> Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney, whoever he is. <laughs> Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott shows up. <laughs> they say Dermot Mulrooney at the last at the last scene as a joke. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> AKA Dermot Mulrooney. <laughs> and, and he shows up in the back of his car like in mysterious. <laughs> and I always like him because he's his character is, is the closest you get to sort of like a supernatural presence in this movie. Because <laughs> he kind of appears and disappears <laughs> and he gives bad advice. <laughs> He's like a demon on the shoulder. Right. You start to get the impression that he's just living in random people's houses. <laughs> and, he, and he really sells it, too, because he's always selling it like... <laughs> he's always got that look on his face like he's sinister. <laughs> Where they, he, he's gonna, he's like the, the the Mach brothers have paid me to do your campaign, and they're already fixing Marty's house. Yeah. And I like that. I'm here to make These are your mad. dogs. A Labrador and a freaking... Like, their Golden name is Retriever. Sarge and Scout. They wear scarves. They wear bandanas. What about my dogs? They'll be humanely put down. <laughs> He's not a monster. Right. He, uh, he just says, I'm here to make you not suck. <laughs> And he's like, put this here and this here. <laughs> Which I think is funny because it's funny because they never show anybody coming to the house. It's like literally he's just going to change his house. <laughs> Mosh Brothers can do whatever they That's want. That's right. It's part of the thing. And uh, oh, I, 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 really, I love his character. <laughs> the way he like, appears and disappears and vanishes and <laughs> gives bad advice. And he's just... He's playing it so straight, which is what works. Like he's playing this like he's a sinister <laughs> supernatural menace. And there's a little sort of a montage here where Tim's making over Marty. <laughs> oh yeah, to be um, like presentable. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> the Botox on part, his face. Yeah. Part of it is he's uh, Marty can be a little effeminate. So, yeah, yeah. So he's getting him to watch like a Burt Reynolds movie. Oh, say it like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Just throwing shit. Say, say it like Bert. Say it like Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is just so spot on for politics. You know they practice this. <laughs> well, I mean, they most just, of the time they're performers in some degree or another. Yep, it's true. <laughs> and then when they so then they're finally ready. They're going to do their first debate. <laughs> and I love the this is when I I remember this from the first time I saw it where it's like go in there. Trash talk him. <laughs> and when Marty walks up and they shake hands, he starts trash talking. And he's just like, 
Your balloon's about to burst, and it's going to smell bad because it's filled with your own toots. <laughs> I love Cam's response because he gets this look on his face. He's like, you've never trash-talked anyone else. <laughs> He says something horrible to him. I forget yeah. what he says. Well, you can just watch the movie. He says something horrible to him, and then he's like, "Your turn." <laughs> and, and then Marty's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and "He's like clearly outclassed in the trash talking department." And the fact that they're still wrestling with each other's their heads. <laughs> well, the audience is kind of like, "What's going on?" Yeah, Will Ferrell's like, "Touch my nose, <laughs> touch, touch him, touch him, touch him." Gonna like it. <laughs> Which again, it's all politics is just this measuring concept. Right. It's just, in this case, it's done like in a way that's, because you always see the politicians like shake hands and whisper something to each other. And you're like, well, maybe they trash talk. But in this case, it's kind of, it's what they, they do the comedic version. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we talked about, the, the campaign where Cam gives a nonsense answer. But then Marty gives an equally nonsense answer. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he came to play. <laughs> yeah, and I love uh, the the woman who plays Cam's wife again. Just yeah. gets this look at her face like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is trouble. <laughs> and then, <laughs> this is followed up by the scene I love in this movie. <laughs> where they're going to go, they're fighting down the hallway <laughs> to go kiss, to boy kiss a baby. <laughs> Through circumstances that are ridiculous, can't punch a baby. And I love that this is. I love this use of special effects. By the way, this is this is probably one of the most elaborate special effects you're going to see to make that baby's face look so in the campaign. In the campaign, just in general, this probably cost more. He punches the baby in slow motion. <laughs> it's the same clip on the nose. Oh my god! And that just makes me laugh every time because it's like, oh, I just don't know how you can come back from that. But then again, you know, politics is strange, so we don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, and he runs this ad. Well, this is I'm where they're talking about the what the first ad he ran well, was because he because he lost, he was losing number percentage, so they calling that guy to run ads, yeah, potential yeah. ads. <laughs> the one ad about like. He, he slept with a hot chick. <laughs> and slept. it's just it's just the his mistress <laughs> like doing aerobics. <laughs> he slept with a hot woman, therefore. And this is I mean, Trump did this. <laughs> he like posted a picture of his wife on As if that was, you know, well on Twitter I mean, he's got an attractive woman. <laughs> I tell you right now that uh that Franklin Roosevelt, what a loser. You see Eleanor? Wolf. <laughs> This man can't run a country. <laughs> I've heard really good things about Eleanor Roosevelt, but, you know, I don't know if that's true anymore. <laughs> Always reminds me of the Simpsons where it's like, this man, this man can't tell me what to do if he can't keep his own hair. <laughs> or he gets hair for a little bit and then he loses it. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same way. I'm like, it is weird for someone to be like, hey, I'm stooping this. I must know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> it's a status symbol, basically. Yeah. And then the other was the other commercial uh, who has facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> they show Marty with the turban. They, they and photoshopped beard. him. Yeah, uh, 
So this is the part where it starts to get a little choppy because they jump to like Goldman Sachs. Cam's <laughs> uh, meeting with Goldman Sachs, which is, you know. It's okay. He's, he's taking money from rich yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an important part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to get it in there. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of a weak scene, but it's kind of necessary because up to this point, as much as uh, Cam is a jerk, you're not really getting the indication that he's also, I don't want to say corrupt because, I mean, this is just part of the way it works. But he's definitely, you realize he's, He's part of the system. He's part of the system. Yeah. He's taking money from, from rich donors. Yes. Which, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to. I mean, that's just politics. Right. And it's the part that we don't see or talk about a lot. And then when we do talk about it, we just ignore it, which is weird. It's Whatever. Weird. It's very weird. But, I mean, that's, that's life, man. <laughs> yeah. The powerful people control things, and we pretend like they don't. I... <laughs> yeah. It's just like... Uh, who who's who's in charge of my life? Ah, uh, that poor guy down the street. I, I mean, I guess that makes me a liberal to think that maybe that's not true. I just think generally the people with power control our lives, but it's really easy to fall into the trap of of. You're talking about blaming a segment of the pop- population for right. The well, ills of society. and to be fair, we do blame the powerful when we don't like them. It's kind of like I, I always had this weird paradox of there's people who like corporations and don't like the government. And there's right. people who like the government don't like corporations. And the answer is both of them have are great, powerful institutions that can affect our lives in both terrible and positive ways. And we pick one <laughs> and we act like it's mostly benevolent. And we pick another that acts like it's mostly malevolent. And whichever one you pick is just the one you picked. But it's not really – I mean I, I'm not anti-corporation. Corporations do some amazing things. But they also have a lot of power and can screw you over. I'm not anti-government. <laughs> government does a lot of great things. Well, government's the one that we uh, elect people to. <laughs> right. But it still comes down to it's really easy to pick one or the other when really they're both powerful institutions that you should both – you should have a healthy respect for but also a healthy fear of. Yeah, it's a false choice. I right. Mean, they're, they're different things. <laughs> right. But they're still powerful like institutions. <laughs> yes. I mean it's like the, the people have power have power and it's all right to acknowledge that for good or ill. But we don't tend to that do that. That might lead to a lot of uncomfortable questions. Well, it goes back to that you know? thing we talked about at the beginning about, like, man, it just makes everything complicated, and I don't like that. <laughs> it's it's hard a, to think about that stuff. It's a lot easier to be like, well, I always like this. Like, it's always easy to believe, oh, capitalism will always work out. No, that's nice. It's simple. Or the government will always make it work out. Well, that's nice and simple. The problem is, is that it's never universally good or bad. It's just life. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so easy... If, like, our enemies were Cobra Commander and Cobra and G.I. Joe, wouldn't that be life easier? Yeah. Like, who's coming down? Well, the Autobots want us to save us, and the Decepticons want to destroy all human life. Oh, I think I know which side I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of undecided Not voters undecided. on that one. <laughs> Who are you? Well, G.I. Joe, we fight Cobra. What do they want? To destroy everybody. Well, let's hear their side of the story. <laughs> well, no, we just want to rule you all all the time. Well, that's their side of the story. Okay, then I guess I'm on your side, G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, You freelance mercenary squad. <laughs> They're not freelance. They work for the government. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Freelance. Well, modern G.I. Joe is probably Blackwater. Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if they if they have a ninja on their team, I'd have to vote. I'd have to. I'd have to. I think that's the biggest problem with our military: not enough ninjas and or sailors with parrots. 
<laughs> That's what you want in armed forces. Variety. <laughs> well, variety, right? How many how many jet fighters do we need? One. We got Ace. He's really good. Oh my god, we need to operate in the snow. We got we got snow job. We'll take care of it. Shouldn't we have more than one? No, we get the best and we don't worry about it. <laughs> Couldn't we get like three ninjas? Well we got a ninja and we got Quick Kick. He's not really a ninja, but he's a guy who knows martial arts. Okay. But he can't be a ninja because we've already got too many of those. One? <laughs> They're an elite fighting team. They're very elite. You know, Jarhead. Get your one Marine. <laughs> they don't have room for every Tom, Dick, and Harry no. ninja no. that wants to join G.I. Joe. It's very, it's very. It, 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 then you come up and you're like, hey, I'm a sailor. And they're like, we already got shipwreck. We don't need you. <laughs> yeah. Can't have two sailors? No. Shipwreck's like, I gotta use a break. <laughs> Shut up, you. Shut up, you. <laughs> Quiet, you. Why do we have this many jets if we only have Ace? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ace is the best pilot, but he blows up a lot of planes. <laughs> he does blow up a lot of planes. Well, he's got to fight a lot of, a lot of Cobra. <laughs> You're going to go through a lot. <laughs> That's just science. <laughs> just numbers. numbers. Game. <laughs> but aside from G.I. Joe versus Cobra, most things are complicated. I do like that bit in the campaign where they're looking at the chart, <laughs> and Cam's like, "I don't know if I believe this." <laughs> and his, Mitch, his assistant's like, "That's that's just science. That's These just are numbers. numbers." Which is actually ironic because a lot of the polls—it's it's the echo of every politician ever going, "I don't look at polls." And, and in this case, it was like it's even relevant. It's appreciated now. And now it's even like, well, polls aren't necessarily good. And this is the line where, where Marty has the greatest American who ever lived. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, they're at the second debate. <laughs> Marty's getting some some flack about his mustache. <laughs> so then they uh, he convinces Cam to recite the Lord's Prayer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's doing a terrible job. He's looking at Mitch. He's giving him like charades clues. <laughs> and I like this part because it's very similar to the, what happened to Trump on the campaign. Yeah. Where people are like, uh, name your favorite, favorite, your book. One of your books. like, well, the Bible. And they're like, well, what's your favorite part of the Bible? It's like, oh, you know, um, uh, the parts. You know? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I just, oh, I don't know. What it, okay, this is my comment on that. Oh. <laughs> That's all I got. I can't say anything else. It's, it's so exaggerated, except that <laughs> Cam's is a little more exaggerated because he's badly giving it. So your your revolutionary assertion here is that Trump lies. <laughs> My revolutionary assumption is that he sometimes lies badly, which to be fair, I guess I would imagine it'd be hard to be like in the public eye that often without... I- I mean, you're going to look like an idiot no matter what at sure. some point. Something's going to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter which. I think it's pointed that in this in this movie, they're never defined as Democrat or Republican. No, um, they they say early on. It doesn't matter. Right. But uh, early on, they say that Cam's a Democrat. Okay. And, uh, Marty's running as a Republican. Okay. Um, but it, it does not matter at all. Right, because that's not what it's about. Because they're not really running about right. those positions. They're running. Yeah. Which, whoa. <laughs> Mind blown. And uh, like the... The, when they cut to, like, in order to Cam to shore up his, his religion, 
bass. <laughs> they cut him to all the different religious things he's doing, <laughs> including like a choir. <laughs> the snake. I love the snake handlers. <laughs> the born again. I think it was born again. I don't know. I don't snake handlers. I was born a snake um, handler. I'll die a snake handler. <laughs> there's definitely a, a sect of the church that yeah, the Christian church that like holds live snakes, right? It's because yes. it's a there's a quote from the Bible. About like they shall drink venom and it shall not harm them. I want to say it's warning in Christians, and but then, I don't want to get this wrong, so I'm going to look it up. It's, it's well, it's just. I mean, I, I if you're a snake handler, I, I congratulations. I'm very happy for you. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, he gets bit by the snake. <laughs> snake worship. They don't worship snakes. Don't. It came up on Google. Snake worship. <laughs> Snake handling churches of Appalachia. By the way, I, <laughs> I want a. Uh, I'd rather have a, a church that maybe puts pets puppies or something. Pentecostals. Yeah, there's certain Pentecostals who do it. Yeah, not, obviously not all Pentecostals. No, this is, seems like an extreme. It's a very practice. extreme version. Yeah. Um, so they have like venomous snakes. <laughs> they're, they're being um, taken hold of by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I you know I don't want to be disrespectful to a religion. Although I will be, but <laughs> it feels like jackass the religion. Everything you say before, but you can just yeah. Disregard. Well, you know, I I'm not religious myself, and jackass I, I... the religion. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna drink this snake venom. Yeah, they have shopping cart jousts <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, we've got a new sect here. We may have developed. <laughs> This could be get, pretty popular. Get punched in the junk for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he gets bit by the snake. Oh, yeah, yeah that is bit. And just goes on a, a string of curses. <laughs> Which I think is appropriate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then when he, 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 like, he fakes it. But I love the shot. Like, he's gone all wobby and weird. He's like, can't feel anything. And, and Mitch is like, we got to get out of here. I think I'm maintaining Mitch. <laughs> Am I maintaining? No, you're not. Not at all. And then he jumps out that window, which is funny. But then when they cut to him, the hospital, he's got the big fake arm on, the big swollen fake arm. And I love the part where they're like, why will you handle like snakes? And he goes like, for the poops. But he keeps trying to say for the troops because that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love again because the way he does it, like foo foos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, feels physical comedy, but it's it's mm-hmm. good. It's good. Yeah, I mean the the movies interspersed with these little like physical comedy yeah. bits, and they're all they're great. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> Mitch, uh, Mitch, I'm not right now. Marty, Marty, and his family, they're gonna have a family night. Yeah. And I love they're they're basically their their bacchanal. <laughs> it's just scanty treats. It's disgusting. You got this this buffet of like licorice and donuts. It looks, it looks so indulgently scary. <laughs> Even the dogs eat like chips. <laughs> Quintessentially American. Oh my god! And that's when uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Dylan McDermott. Did I do that right? Is that the right one? Yeah. <laughs> Shows up and breaks up the family meeting. Yeah. Well, this is where, even though it's still silly, it does talk about the, the the he's starting to become more of a politician, and now he's starting to get into way with relationships and stuff. Right. 
Which important, is good. Important plot point. I think it's overlooked in a lot of the, the these movies is that as silly as they are, they still are trying to have characters have a story arc and character arcs. And I think that helps a lot. I know that's dumb because you don't think it's really that important. But a lot of um, really dumb, like like the Airplane and Airplane 2 work, um, the Police Squad series, Naked Gun series, they work. Partly because as silly as they are, they still care about the characters. And a lot of the knockoffs don't. Right. They're your scary movies. Right. They're just like... They're just a collection of references. And gags. It's like the character doesn't have a, a purpose. It doesn't exist. Whereas, like... I mean, you can watch... The, as, as weird as it is, you can watch the Naked Gun trilogy and actually watch the <laughs> the growth and change of Frank Drebin and his relationship, which is bizarre, but true. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's not that bizarre. No, it's not. because But it could be... You know, you see when it's done badly, it's like none of it matters. They still care about the character. They still care about having them make sense. I think the spot-on like parody of, of uh, like politicians is kind of the thread that ties this thing together because it's that's a true kind of statement to make. But you can't like half-ass being a politician. Right, it consumes your life. Right, <laughs> and yeah, it just affects all your human relationships. There's yeah. no way it can. It's how's it not at, going to at, like a national level? Right, you're not going to enjoy your back and all with your family. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So maybe get a might get a picture of you covered in donuts or something. <laughs> well, that's the thing with um. Well, I mean, and not not to get specifically too political, but that's sort of the the thing Trump's wrestling with now as president. I mean, it's only been a couple of days as we recorded this, but even if you remove whether or not he's qualified, well, ethics, all that stuff, blah blah blah, you talk about the fact that he and his family are really wrestling with. It's a different position. They. I, I have the feeling like Trump felt because he was a celebrity, he knew what he was in for, but it's a different level of celebrity and exposure and constant criticism and dissection that's not easy to deal with. Right. It, it's it, it's got to be overwhelming. I mean, I think of uh, when Just League Unlimited had Lex Luthor running for president. Uh, not that I'm saying Trump is Lex Luthor, because <laughs> Trump isn't like Luke's Lex Luthor is much smoother and cooler and got giant robots and stuff. Yeah, he's not that smart. <laughs> but the thing about Lex Luthor is he's basically at one point you really revelation is that he's not running for president. He's just doing it to piss off Superman. And he says at one point even like, no, I, why would I want to be president? You know how much power I'd have to give up to be president? <laughs> and he realizes it's because it's just a whole different situation. And it's a great line, but it also represents the fact that. Lex Luthor is smart enough to know what he got into. And I feel like, I'm not sure if I feel sorry for Trump, but I can definitely see the parallel. And I think in this movie, it's a great example is that's the risk you run. You're, 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 you're not just jumping into politics. You're changing your whole life. Yeah, that's true. And you're right when I say that, I mean, he, he was famous. People knew who he was, but the president of the United States is famous worldwide. It's, and, it's just and a different level. People are looking at you a lot. And if yeah. you do something wrong, there's a lot of backlash. Worst time to do something wrong if you're a celebrity is people are like, unless, you know, it's like, oh, I goofed. <laughs> oh, he's just charming. Nobody cares that the the, the host of The Apprentice is <laughs> like, so, oh, he was caught sleeping around. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. You know? If, right. If there had been a tape come out like two years ago that Donald Trump had said, grab him by the pussy, nobody would have cared. It would have been like, oh, that's important. <laughs> people would have talked about it, but it wouldn't have been the same Right. Level. We would have talked about it for, you know, a couple yeah, of days. Maybe. People would have been offended. They would have disappeared. <laughs> that probably should have been offended, but they would still, it still wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah, it's just, it's different. And that's the thing that this is all about, too. It's how you become, you have to surrender a lot of your life to it. Right. And maybe that's not true to the same degree for congressmen, but there's still an element of that. Well, you're still giving up a lot of your life, even if you don't yeah. give up all of it. 
And that sort of thing, I mean, Cam is basically gave it. I mean, even the scene that following that, after following Marty's scene with the Balkanal, <laughs> they have Cam and his son come in. Cam talks to his son, and his son is like Which running again, for the one president. Of these weird. Oh, okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where he's running for president, class president, and, and Cam's kind of sort of doing like the fatherly thing. Oh, what are the issues? And nah, <laughs> nobody cares about that stuff, Dad. I did this and this and this. And you can see Cam's kind of like, not surprised by it, but kind of almost that window where you can see his son sort of embodying him. And that's not a good thing. He doesn't like that. Right. He's starting to have a moment of um, self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Almost. I was actually thinking of later where uh, Cam's in the commercial with Ray, yeah. <laughs> which we'll get to. Yeah, which is really a weird. Uh, it had to be in the movie, but it's it's odd that it's just such an abrupt kind of thing to throw in there. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the part where they have the other the other debate, and they're walking around the town hall debate, and he's like, "We're going to live in Rainbow Land." <laughs> <laughs> I love this one because this is on the nose. This happened to somebody. Well, just because, like, they'll say, oh, you wrote something, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Right. Your college thesis suggested. Well, I think that's actually based on something, because I right. vaguely remember some politician, like, wrote something in, in middle school or something, and, and his opponent brought it up. It just feels like, if it's not real, it sure feels like it, because Rainbow Land. I wrote that when I was eight. <laughs> I love the guy in the audience. He's like, I don't want to live. Hit Rainbow Land! You can't make me! <laughs> I love, this is the case where, where Will Ferrell's Cam is the only like logical, sensible one. Because he's like, it's not a real place. Go back to where you came from. It's it's fictional. <laughs> unicorns are made out of chocolate. It's a simple story of a teddy bear giving a pot of gold to a unicorn. <laughs> Get out of here! We don't want to go to Rainbow Land. <laughs> so then there's like a brawl. <laughs> brawl breaks out. And Cam goes after Marty again and punches the and dog. Inexplicably, <laughs> there's a dog there from the movie The Artist. And he punches that dog. <sighs> Which is more physical comedy, but it's, it's great. <laughs> it's good. It's funny. Like, like the dog in the cone. And the... Oh my god! And this is where they cut to the. This is where they get to the uh, interview, the the fake ad, the ad where <laughs> where Marty is basically consoling Mitch uh, Cam's son. <laughs> it's, it's so, so creepy. Insidious and creepy. You can call me dad. <laughs> and, it, and it's like the kid like calls him dad and smiles, and you're like, oh, it hurts my heart actually. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm actually. Outraged both for Cam, and I'm also kind of you realize how that point you're like, Oh, he's hurt and he needs help, yeah. And uh, so I guess I was gonna say that was jarring, but the more I think about it, the more it's it's more a demonstration of how far Marty's crossed it is because he's still kind of reluctant because he says that when he says that line, I reluctantly endorse this message. Well, I guess congratulations, that's. Cam is devastated. Cam is devastated. Why wouldn't he be? Right. <laughs> and so he's going to. He's going to fuck his wife. I'm going to fuck his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell everybody. Okay, you can't do that first thing. And you definitely can't do that second thing if you do the first thing. <laughs> right, he says, I'm going to fuck his wife. I'm going to put it on TV. <laughs> and Mitch goes, 
Well, you shouldn't do that first thing, but you definitely can't do yeah, the second that's right. thing. That's right. Yeah, he does it. <laughs> the scene where he seduces, seduces the wife, uh, an actress, she's in tons of stuff. She's, she's really good. I really like her. She's a really good comedic actress. This is um, one of the early things she was in. Right. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Baker. Sarah Baker, who she's really good at this, and and, and like that, yeah, she, she really sells it. And I like that you talk about little little things defining the character. That that thing where he he, he drives out the he throws out the the dogs, and she starts <laughs> she picks up the drink and immediately like downs it. So you know she's like she's kind of feeling it too. She's ready yeah. to do it, which makes her a participant, which is important. She's not being seduced. I know it's weird, but it's really important for characters to have agency. She has agency in this. Yeah, she's making a bad decision along with him, but. Everybody's making bad decisions in this movie, and it's nice that she doesn't have to be this perfect quality. Right. And she doesn't have to be... She's not just a pawn in their game. She's an active participant in her life. Right. Nobody in this movie is really like a paragon of virtue or anything. Right. And which is fine, isn't it? But, which is really easy to do because you kind of like... It's really easy for... Like in um, one of the things I talked about in um, Neighbors, the move, the Seth Rogen movie, is there's one point where the wife... I forget, but she, she the actress who plays her, but the wife says... I'm not going to be sitting here nice and perfect while you go do your dumb stuff. <laughs> and and then she gets involved in it. She's a very part of that, big part of that story. And she's great. She's, she's very comedic and very good. But Seth Rogen said in the original draft of that screenplay that they got, she was that. And it was very boring for her. And they changed that because they wanted to make her. They thought, well, women can be funny too, but you got to give them opportunities. <laughs> and also make her an, an active participant in the story. She's just upset at these characters being there. And so I know it's dumb, but even as simple as having her drink a little bit, and so when they do, you know, right? She's she's part of it. She's, <laughs> she's not. Into it. Yeah, it's a, it's a brave new world. <laughs> the part about like I want you to do me from behind. <laughs> well, my head is in the freezer. I don't even understand that at all. Right, Kim doesn't either. And he's like, "Won't you be too short? I'll get a stool." <laughs> so this is the movie's getting a little dark here. So he gets that tape and he's talking to Mitch. He's like, I'm going to put this on TV. That's right. And everybody in the office is kind of aghast. Yes. <laughs> this is where uh, Mitch can't take anymore. Right. Out. And I like the idea here that he's like, I've been with you for eight years and we've done some really good stuff. So I like the idea that as bad as this guy, as, as Cam can be, he's obviously done something good, at least as far as he's concerned. Mitch is done. I mean, so I, there's no reason. I mean, he's not against doing good things. Right. I mean, his view might be a little tentative. Right. But it's like, he's just like, I'm disappointed with you and I'm going to leave. Right. I like to see that Mitch has this moral line. Right. Too. <laughs> right. And because uh, it's after that part where he's just like, I want to win. Nobody does this. And he's freaking out. Uh, Cam. But to me, that's really important because there's also that thing where you're invested in something to the point that it doesn't matter anymore. Now that all that matters is winning. Right, I mean, and, being, being a congressman is has defined this guy's life, <laughs> and what this he battle is. he's in too. I mean, this battle is this the race is starting to define his life. Yeah, and, and so yeah, it's, it's comedic because he's all flipping out. <laughs> it's such a silly way, but it is that it's that moment where it's like well, that's it. He's going to do whatever. He's going to do anything because yeah. it doesn't matter. He just wants to win. <laughs> N- nothing is uh, taboo anymore. <laughs> no, and that's why he. He, he gets, and I like this joke where he's like, "You're my new campaign manager. What did you do?" <laughs> he's like, "I'm uh, political science." He's like, "That's great." And he's got, "I've got some great ideas." And he starts talking about real issues. 
that. Get the hell out of here. He throws did, him out. Did you know that there are tax breaks for corporations that outsource jobs? <laughs> how many you know how many jobs we've lost in that? Get out of here. They're like, what did you what did you major in? Sports medicine? Sports marketing. Sports marketing. <laughs> You're perfect. You're in. <laughs> and that's the ad, the sex tape ad that gives him a bump in the polls. Mm-hmm. And so much of this is prescient because they cut to like real they've got real reporters doing bits you know like reporting on the story <laughs> and there are parts of it like for example the sex tape they're like well that's clearly means he's got to leave the race and the and the other one's like no he's got to pump in the poll and the guy's like really <laughs> i feel like that happened over and over again with trump oh yeah you know absolutely and, and it was like well this is gonna end it no he's doing fine he'd say something that uh pundits would normally talk about as ending somebody's yeah. campaign and um either it was the move of the country or trump's uh commitment <laughs> Well, I mean, the, it's 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 difficult to say, but I think it's both. Yeah, there's we're at kind of a turning point, but they right they they didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, and and so that 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 it's kind of uh, an omen in a way. <laughs> Trump didn't release a sex tape, which I actually very glad about, but yet, <laughs> yet, and then they they have the part where uh, Marty's gonna have to kick his wife out. Right, I have to kick you out because Tim Tim told me to. <laughs> And I love that part. She's like, when did Tim become a part of this family? And they got to him in the kitchen. <laughs> He's eating cereal. Just watching him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan McDermott just does, uh, he nails this part so much. I just, I love, I love everybody's in this movie. <laughs> And it's so funny because he's very rarely doing a joke. He's just being sinister. Oh, yeah. But that's the joke. He's the straight man. Yeah. <laughs> she, he kicks her out and she's just like, he's like, we're out of Apple Jacks or something? <laughs> <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, Did you even yeah. watch the movie? I wasn't, you're right. My notes are incomplete. Look, he doodled. <laughs> I did do a doodle. But that was why you were in the bathroom, my, my friend. I see. Please. Likely story. I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so the most people, most people think I'm the heart and soul of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, right? I asked my mom, and she thought so. <laughs> <laughs> this is Martinez. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they show the sex tape and all the pundits. <laughs> Like yeah. you were saying, reviewed it. And they go uh, cut to a hunting trip. <laughs> I love the hunting trip. <laughs> Where uh, Cam's saying that he already had, he's got like a dead buck yeah. <laughs> out in the woods. <laughs> he's going to go pretend like he shot it. Um, but Marty just gets out of the car and shoots him in the leg. <laughs> I love the way he does it. It's so great because the car pulls up. And this is actually interesting because this is also the transition because this is where Cam has become the hapless idiot. Yeah. And Marty, because Marty walks up with this campaign and his guys, he just puts the gun pointed awkwardly and shoots him <laughs> in the leg. And then they all just turn around and get in the car and drive off. <laughs> and, you know, it's obviously, I think, meant to be a parallel between when Dick Cheney shot that guy in the oh, face yeah. they were hunting. Absolutely. But I, I just kept thinking of the parallel where Trump said, I could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and nobody would care. And in this case, they were talking about, like, oh, the numbers go up. <laughs> So again, I can't imagine this movie new, but I feel like it's it's, it's getting new. It feels like somebody made it in the last two three months. Yes. 
And, but I mean, even taking away the guy, I just love the way it's done. It's just so because you because you get the setup about like you think they're setting up a gag about like the buck. Uh-huh. It's like a decoy bit gag. And he just walks over, and the way he's just so strong. I just love that gag. That's a good little twist. Yes, and. uh so at this point, they're talking to the Mach brothers. Yeah, um, and they're they, Marty's pretty far up in the polls. They're assuming he's going to win. So right. They're telling about his plans to turn the 14th district into a set of factories for China. Yes, basically being owned by China. <laughs> yeah, they sold the 14th district right. to China. They want so. to. And um, the I was mentioning there's a, a really great book called uh, Griftopia by uh, Matt Taibbi. I always get his name wrong, but oh, I didn't know it was by Matt Taibbi. Yeah, I like if, his, I'm, if, uh, I'm, if I'm if I'm remembering right. I like his reporting, but yeah, he's, he's and uh, it's we're, all about we're definitely pissing off a segment of the population. Hey, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, I don't. I'm not saying I get that, like you know. But the book is all about how politicians of all types, by the way, not it's not a conservative or liberal issue, but people want to make it so. Again, it goes back to you know my my side is the good side, your side's the bad side. Sure, it's like you know we're, we all got flaws, um, and how all these different politicians from from city officials to up on are basically selling parts of America. Or making these compromises that basically are short short cons to help them through their their problems, knowing that their problems will come back, but they'll uh, deal with it later. So you know, in this case, this is not a short con of a politician. This is a short con of this businessman trying to make money, which is the same basic premise. I mean, I don't know why we're surprised that capitalism sometimes leads to people making unethical choices to make money. I don't know why that's a controversial. <laughs> Oh yeah, thing to suggest that sometimes that happens. It's weird, right? I guess unless you're again dogmatic on uh, capitalism. I mean, I like capitalism. It gave me a lot of cool stuff. Sure, I'm all right to acknowledging it's not perfect. Right, <laughs> I'm willing to agree it's not a perfect system. <laughs> right, you are. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it seems like an easy thing to say, right? It doesn't seem like a controversial. It doesn't seem like a controversial statement because you're right. Even like I get, you know, I get if you don't like my somebody doesn't like my TV, but the book is not about conservatives or liberals. It's about well, a lot of Matt Taibbi's stuff is not no slanted, no, because it's just talking about stuff. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just reporting, right? <laughs> and this movie certainly doesn't suggest that Democrats or Republicans are e- either side is uniquely corrupt. Well, I like that you were talking about um, the the narrative of it being like one side against the other, mm-hmm. because I think that both sides kind of want that. <laughs> Yes, right. It's, it's easier it's for them to operate when you buy into that. Uh, well, and we do it all the time. Not even in politics. I mean, like, how many times do you have to see somebody say Star Trek versus Star Wars, as if you're not allowed to like both, right? Or hate both. <laughs> you know, you're allowed to. <laughs> or you know, if you play, well, you know, we like you know, you and I play a lot of tabletop games, and there's always going to be somebody who's like got their game, and it's there's another game that might be similar to it. Their game or their category of games, yeah, or whatever it is, and. Um, that they they like to the exclusion of everything else, right? And it's it's like us versus them. It's really easy to do that, you know. Um, even when they're it's, different, it's prevalent in politics because I think people encourage it. Yes, <laughs> they actively try to. Well, make it's, this. it's it's a way of getting people on your side. Yeah, yeah. It happens a lot of times by accident with other things. It's so it says our nature, but it's definitely right. encouraged. We're, we're tribal animals, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, because it makes again, it's easier if you can just say. X is better than Y, or like we don't uh, we know nothing about them or their culture. 
<laughs> well, I know. Because they hate everything we stand for. They hate us and everything we stand and for. They, they told me you guys look like jerks. <laughs> it's like the bugs in Starship Troopers. Yep. I mean... The faceless enemy. They're, they're, look at them. They're bugs that just, like, throw rocks at us. So we're going to shoot them. There was a great Mystery Science Theater. Uh, look how ugly they are. <laughs> they must die. There's a great Mystery Science Theater movie called, uh, I mean, it's not a great movie. It's a terrible movie. But <laughs> it's called, like, Rocket Attack USA or something like that. And at one point, there's, like, Russians talking and plotting about the destruction of America. And somebody says, like, so heartless, how can they plot the destruction of so many lives? And, so, and then they, the Joel or the bots shout, that's why we must destroy them all! <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, so it's, it's really easy to do, and it's really common. So, uh, this, is, this is getting depressing for <laughs> It's just, you know, it's the thing we're going to wrestle with forever, and it's not just politics. I mean, I've, I've had that, like, I love Batman the Animated Series. But there's other versions of Batman I like. But it's almost like, which was your favorite? Uh, well, I, I kind of like, like, I really like, I know that, you know, like, The Batman was a show that came out a little while later, which is much more action-oriented. And I really liked it. They had, like, reinvented all the characters and stuff, and people would just be, well, you know, their Joker's not as good as the other Joker. And I'm like, can't there be two Jokers? <laughs> you know, does it have to be a contest? I mean, you can have a preference, but the preference isn't the same as picking a side. <laughs> right? I don't like your uh, degrees of thought. It's making me uncomfortable. It is. It's it's tough. <laughs> everything sucks. That's why I've just decided everything sucks. There you go. I'm going to have to insist that you tell me which Batman is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy. That's uh, you ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna shock the world here. Are you ready? Oh boy. Uh, I think <laughs> I think well I think Tim Burns Batman is pretty lame. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going Christopher Nolan. I was going to go with that, but I like Batman Begins a lot. <laughs> I don't like the other two very much, hmm. but Batman Begins is really solid. I think all the Tim Burton movies are, are pretty stupid. I actually like the <laughs> other ones that came after a little better. <laughs> that is controversial. Uh, I'm going to be controversial. And you know what? Uh, my, my controversial statement is that there has never been a good movie version of the Joker. I don't think Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker is very interesting. I don't think Heath Ledger's version of the Joker was very interesting. But I actually going to pay. It's not really because of the actors. It's because I think the material they get was was really lousy. Mm. I'm going to go with the crowd here. I, I did like Heath Ledger as the Joker. You're wrong. You're on the opposite <laughs> side. <laughs> if you're doing dark and gritty Batman, that was a dark and gritty Joker. <laughs> I guess, but I was just really annoyed because that wasn't dark and gritty. It was supposed to be realistic Batman, and that Joker wasn't realistic at all. It really annoyed me. Well, yeah, it's a, there's a conflict I, of interest. There. I always, I always, the thing that people would tell me is like, I like Batman because he's the most realistic hero, right? And I'm like, okay, I like Nolan's because it's realistic, okay. And then I'm like, <laughs> but somehow a man dressed as a clown with scars on his face can like move thousands of barrels, hundreds of barrels of explosives unseen throughout the city, plant them, and nobody notices. That's your realistic version of the Joker. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with you're not usually so nitpicky I think you just that's not nitpicky like the... try to imagine <laughs> if it's a goofy version of the Joker I have no problem with it if it's a <laughs> it's a superhero universe I have no problem with it superhero universes characters do things all the time that don't fit but when you tell me this is realistic and then you do something patently unrealistic which he does all through that movie sure right I mean yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, the idea of Batman's a little absurd to begin with. Right. Yeah, I don't have a problem with, I mean, yeah, I don't have a problem with, the Joker's an absurd <laughs> character. There's a guy running around in white, white, white skin, purple outfit. Clown makeup, basically. Yeah, and somehow is able to, like, walk around as a wanted criminal in a society <laughs> that everyone else knows he's there and somehow still commit crimes. I mean, come on. Mm. But again, this is, you know, the future that'll probably be true. <laughs> I will say my argument for uh, Bat- the second Batman movie would not be that it was super realistic. No, no, but the argument that people made about it was people tried to convince you of. And that's no one's whole thing it was like, I'm trying to make it real. Otherwise, you just tell me, yeah, no one's argument was like, this is a realistic version of Batman. Hmm. This is a thoughtful, realistic version of Batman. Yeah. That's what they're the- going for. It's no Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not really very realistic <laughs> Superheroes tend not to be realistic. I'm gonna. That's pretty much common. As soon as someone tells me they're gonna do a realistic version of a superhero, I'm like, so like, the guy comes down and gets shot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best representation of a realistic hero, if if you want to call it that, um, there's a scene in Kickass where he just gets the shit beat out. <laughs> yeah, but even by the end of Kickass, he's literally got a jetpack. Right. I'm not saying the whole movie was like sure. a good realistic representation, but the first the first time yeah. he goes out, yeah, yeah that's and probably then, what happened. And then the, and by the second movie, like they're literally having car fights on top of cars, kung fu fights. <laughs> like, and then everyone's like, "Oh, it's, it's like what if superheroes were real?" I was like, "That's not what superheroes <laughs> are real." Just because a superhero swears, that doesn't make it a realistic superhero. <laughs> You don't think Deadpool's a real guy? Well, that's realistic. Uh, Poop. (laughs) What were we talking about? What were we talking about? Um, Um, So at this point, Cam shot the guy. He's uh, told off the Mach Brothers. Yeah, he tells off the Mach Brothers. He gets stuck in another door for a little bit. (laughs) Jiggle and push. (laughs) And this is where, you're right, a little contrived because basically the Mach Brothers go back to Cam. And push him back up on the right. poles. I do like the scene where Watley shows up in Cam's shower. <laughs> well, I love it because the way it's directed, Cam's going the, the shower curtain doesn't cry. even move. <laughs> like, literally, he's just there like a ghost. <laughs> I'm here to make sure you don't make you suck less or something. Like that. I'm here to make you not suck. <laughs> I, love, I love him. So they had to switch to Cam. Yes. Which is is very contrived because why did they bother? <laughs> they could have just bribed him in the first place. Right, they right. Had to go through all yeah, this. it's they it, well, whatever. I mean, it, it works. Whatever they push it up. Although to be fair, it only works because of the voting machines were also rigged. Right. Which this is really <laughs> really prescient because the uh, the, it's on the, nose. the electronic voting machines not only not even taking away the the possible hacking scandal. The Department of Justice and other people are like, well, they just this technology is not ready. We can't use it. Oh, they've always been questionable, right? And they've always been questionable. So that's why I mean, and um, it's it's so it's like that's how it basically. So to be fair, you get the impression that they they still did cheated. They still cheated with the right the voting machines. I do love Cam's comeback <laughs> concert or whatever it is, where he comes down on wires playing a guitar, <laughs> and there's like fireworks going off in the background. <laughs> He's got um, some rock and roll dancers. guys. Rockets. And then his wife comes out. I like that. She comes over and she's just like the, the Mach Brothers paid me 50000 to make a couple of appearances. We are not back together. <laughs> oh, that's great. America. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's... 
I mean, we're running a little long here, but I think the thing that I love about this is how often you can just throw red, white, and blue on something and rock out and fireworks. And people are like, yeah, patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, it takes more than hopefully, but you realize it's, 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 you know, in this movie, it's, it's silly, but it's also hard to resist. It's like, it's hard to resist a bunch of people and fireworks and dancing and <laughs> music. It's just money. It's just, it's just, it, it's our nature. <laughs> we love a spectacle. It's, you can't, it's weird, it's weird if you're the guy in the spectacle just like, eh, it feels wrong. <laughs> right? Like, there's that shot, that, that famous shot of like all the people doing the Nazi salute, the whole crowd except for one guy. You know that that guy, I'm glad he wasn't doing it, but he was probably a party pooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hipster. <laughs> he, he probably did that everywhere. Like, that was the only time he was right. Everyone was like, oh, are you having fun at the party? No. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're going to do a salute. No. And they're like, you're a real hero. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, everything has a downside and a plus side. Nazi. So I'm glad that this guy was a party pooper with the Nazis. There should have been more party poopers with the Nazis. Would have really helped. Sure. But it's hard to get away from groupthink. It is. I mean, if everyone's around you doing something. There's a price to pay for going against the grain. It's really hard. Um, So actually I want to talk about. um, There's. They talk about. Uh, money guaranteeing yeah. elections a lot yeah. in this movie. And that's one of the things that didn't really pan out as a prediction, if you want to call it that. That's true. That's <laughs> because true. Uh, Trump managed to, to get in without spending a lot of money. Oh, and even when, even though the, the elections were swayed in after Citizens United, they weren't significant, they weren't as significantly swayed as people thought they would be. Right. It, yeah. It seems like that's more like conventional wisdom than anything. People there, expect it to be true. There is, <laughs> I think, a, a, a other side to it of social media has changed some aspects of that because um, I think we're all a little bit more, I mean, there's a lot of dangers to social media, but it also allows us to, to kind of be in touch and be informed also. And also just, I mean, like for example, where they do things like make voting harder, a lot of people who are ready for it because of social media, yeah. they wouldn't, and that would have, could have really swayed elections in different ways. Disenfranchisement? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's um, a whole different thing. We're but not... I think it was, it used to be true, right? I think because it was more true. Whenever I got their news from television, then. If you weren't on television, you were kind of in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I believe that. So that that was probably more important in the past. Yes. So I can see where that comes in. Uh, this is the point where... So the Machas are backing Cam now. Yeah. Uh, so Marty's uh, kind of down in the dumps because yeah. they worked their magic with all the, the campaign ads yeah. and this stuff. And Marty's down in the polls now. So he decides to cut a commercial where he's just being totally honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I farted in the meter and blamed a veteran. I apologize to that lady. Right. And it's a callback to that earlier scene where he's talking to his family. Yeah. And they're confessing their secrets. Yeah. And uh I dressed as Lady Gaga. So freeing I didn't take off the costume for two days. I love the Munch Brothers. I tried to kill you and you sleep. <laughs> what? Three times. <laughs> But regardless, he still loses because of the rope rigging. Da, da, da. Right. <laughs> oh, this is the part that they talk about. I mean, so they go to the party, the, the celebration or whatever, and they're all there. But I, this is the call, but we didn't mention that, but where, where Cam talks about when he really got into politics was when he ran for class president to fix the deadly the jungle gym slide. <laughs> 
The Ripper. The Ripper, <laughs> which looks dreadful. Looks horrible. But it's just joke, rusty jacks. Right. The joke is that he's got like a scar on his arm. <laughs> and then this is the joke that they lead up to where, where Marty's like, I believed in you too. And, I, and he pulls off his shirt. And he's got the first. He's got the little scar on his arm. And then he opens his shirt. And he's kind of slashed across the thing that's huge and scary. And then he opens up his shirt. He's got a jagged cut that runs all along his side. And like, like he's just like doctor said it was the worst jungle gym injury they'd ever seen. I hung there for like two days. But I voted for you, and that's why I voted for you because yeah. I believed in you. Oh, so Cam has a change of heart. Yes, and resigns the election. Yeah. And Marty. Wins by default. Right. <laughs> default. Default. <laughs> so that's the movie. They they have a little uh, follow on scene during the credits. Oh, the part they also mentioned the part where <laughs> where Tim Watley fades into the darkness <laughs> yeah. like a shadow. I love it <laughs> because his character is so much of a villain, like cartoon character. And I love at the end that I do like, even though it's kind of an excuse to get the match fillers locked up, that, <laughs> that, that he actually is a villain. <laughs> like he's some kind of super villain. Yeah. His aliases are great. <laughs> Alias the German baker, butcher. Was it like the, the Ger- Russian baker? The Russian, the Russian butcher, <laughs> aka the Russian baker, aka the Russian <laughs> candlestick maker, <laughs> aka Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> It's good. It's good. I like that. So, I mean, even though I, again, I have conflicted emotions, I do love that joke. And I and I do like, you're right, that they actually have the Terminal Roni joke. Uh, so that's, I, yeah, I, I can see being conflicted a little bit because it makes you think about politics more than you might want to. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, but it's still a funny movie. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a funny movie. Um, there are, I like to, I'd like to believe that there are not. I mean, I don't know corruption. Corruption is kind of a tricky choice. I'm sure there's good politicians. I mean, I can't imagine they're all corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be problems. We're all, they're humans. Well, fortunately, we only elect humans in these positions. <laughs> I think there are good politicians and good congressmen, and they probably stick out <laughs> like there's a probably, sore thumb yeah, if just you go like and look at speeches they give yeah. and things like that. Well, there's, I'm sure there's good. I mean, there's good corporate CEOs. I don't think they're all... I mean, cartoon douchebags smoking cigars. It certainly feels like they're in the minority. <laughs> but that's, I think that's because the, the damage anybody in power can do is overwhelming. Right. So it's really easy to, to focus on those. And you need to focus on those. I mean, to be fair. I mean. Sure. Um, so, um, so what have we established? We've established that uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree to that. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, basically, we're all fucked. No, we, well, you know, the hardest part about <laughs> life and society is run by people. <laughs> I can't wait till the robots replace us. I'm all for that. You know, so am I. <laughs> you know, they'll probably have their own issues, <laughs> but it'll be different issues, hopefully. Asimov wrote a few stories about when we just let the AI take over yeah. <laughs> and make all our decisions for us. Well, uh, what's it? Um, the day the Earth stood still. That's the whole premise. Is that the uh, Klaatu? comes down to earth yeah and at the end he explains that he's like well what we've done is we have these we've made these robot law enforcement agents that operate above us and they carry out the judgments as, as they require and they go it's not a perfect season it's not a perfect system but it's one we've all had to learn to live with because we knew that if we were all in charge we can't be trusted basically we need somebody who's above all systems who says 
you are now dangerous and must be eliminated. <laughs> and so Gort is not his servant. Gort is almost his master, except that Gort doesn't care as long as you're not breaking too many rules. <laughs> but that's why at the end of the movie, they've got to like, uh, bring Klaatu back to life because otherwise Gort, once he finds out, will just destroy mankind because he's like, well, you had your shot. <laughs> right. Unforgiving. Right. And um, so uh, next movie. It's quite the puzzle. How do we create a system that can't be corrupted by people? Your answer is good as mine. (laughs) It's an enigma. It is. Welcome to the human race. (laughs) So our next movie is going to be a little more serious. That's right. (laughs) We're watching Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. That's right. (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) Anaconda's. Scott has not seen this movie. He, I, I think I you've seen the first one. Have you great seen the first expectations. You've seen the first I have one, seen right? the first one. Uh, I'm going to say Anaconda Hunt for the Blood Far superior. I like Anaconda fine. It's, it's a mostly forgettable movie. Um, um, but Anaconda's the Hunt for... It has that thing we love. Subversion. It has tons <laughs> of subversions. It's got some good monster stuff. It's like the good... The monsters are cool. Yeah. And um, makes it's the good got guy. pacing. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a lot of people are going to be in my situation where they've seen Anacondas and just kind of assumed Anaconda's Blood Orchid right, <laughs> was they, not a great movie. Well, because it's 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 because it's so about the direction of the writing, and, and in this case, the direction of writing is really good. And there's some scenes in that movie that just like I remember because I, I didn't see it in the theaters, so I just saw it because I was like, "Oh, it's on sci-fi. I'll watch it." And I just found myself enthralled by it. And it, and I at the end, it was because every time, yeah, you know, snakes going the snakes are going to kill people. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> But there are times where the snakes don't kill people that you would expect them to kill. And that, I know that's weird because they always talk about like the writing where everybody can die. But to me, you also need stories where anybody can live because that is where you get some suspense. If I always know everybody's good, like if the characters are going to die and some are more going to die, well, then that's not interesting. If everyone's going to live, I actually like that. I don't mind a problem with that if it's done well. But I still, it's not going to be suspenseful. But the idea that some characters might die and some might live. Mm, that your, really changes it. Your LL Cool J's. Yes, I mean that's great. See, that's right. Remember, I mean that's what makes oh, that yeah. movie. And um, Tremors, like Tremors, is a good movie. But one of the reasons Tremors is a great movie is because they don't have to kill every single person in the town. <laughs> Most of the people in the town make it out. Yeah. All right. All right. So remember, uh, you can follow us at Twitter uh, at Save the Movies. You can email email us at podcast at Save the Movies dot com, which works now. <laughs> uh, website is Save the Movies dot com. You can find Lee's blog at aleemartinez.com. Right. Uh, you can buy his books wherever books are sold. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can follow out, me on Twitter at Ailey Martinez. Check out Constance Verity. Yes, my newest one, Constance Verity, the last adventure of Constance Verity, which is the first adventure of Constance <laughs> Verity, but I like being confusing. <laughs> You're uh, so subversive. <laughs> or just bad, bad at marketing. <laughs> That's it. The first last adventure of Constance Verity. The first Verity. last adventure of Constance Verity. Hunt for the Blood Orchid. <laughs> 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 All right. So, I, mean, I wouldn't accuse you of anything. It sounds a little derivative. <laughs> Hunt for the Blood Orchid, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> All right. So until then, <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. <laughs> we just saved the movie. Practice, practice. I find the best way to do it is to slump a lot. Yeah. Does that help?
pro tip. <laughs> pro tip. Slumping the power of power slumping. Power slumping. <laughs> power slumping. I like it. <laughs> That's something Americans can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Front page on Reddit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tomorrow. Okay, we ready? <laughs>